Havasti Scallywags, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Fennecast. I am your host, Sketch, and casting off with me this time... Ahoy, mateys! It's Happy Crow Kitty, editorial writer. And... Yar har har, it's editorial writer V-Lord GTZ. <laughs> and... Fiddle Dee Dee, a lazy kid editorial writer is here as well. Fiddle-dee-dee. <laughs> Yarhar fiddle-dee-dee, come on. Yeah, uh, that works. Being a pirate is alright with me. Yes. Do what you want because a pirate is free, you're a pirate. We're yep. talking about piratey things today. And yeah. we're not here to be the king of the pirates this time. This time oh. we're a princess. Perhaps the queen of the pirates someday. Someday. Who knows? Who knows? Uh... <laughs> So this is uh, Toonami Faithful Podcast's Fennecast. We will be doing this to talk about all of the episodes of Fena as they air, because we wanted to do something a little special for Toonami's latest original co-production that they're doing with Crunchyroll. Didn't want it to just be something that's part of a regular podcast. That just seems not special enough. So, uh, if you're not interested in Fena, don't worry, we'll continue regular Toonami Faithful podcasts. But if you are interested in Fena, hopefully you enjoy us talking about it. If you're not interested in Fena, then you need to try again. Try again. It's, if you're not it's, interested in Fena, why did you click on the link? Fa- fair enough. That That is the better question, yeah. That is the better question. It's not like I'm gonna mislabel it or anything. It's the Dragon Ball Super Podcast! I can't believe it's not Fena. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I can't believe it's not Fennel sounds like something that actually exists. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, mm, yeah. Mm, So we have two episodes to cover and our initial thoughts on the show as it has been presented to us thus far but hey first things first let's talk about that opening sequence which is gorgeous yeah it is oh heck yes and that song is a jam it's lively um the 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 uh, action part of the the sequence the way the camera pans um really fits in well um the colors are vibrant um, it, it gives you this sense of like that 90s style adventure anime, but still like modern to our tastes. So I, I thought I thought it was it, it felt for lack of a better word, it felt refreshing. I thought, oh, this is this sounds like it'll be fun, you know, listening to the story. And I mean, sorry, watching the the uh, uh, animation and listening to the music. So the honest thing about it is it. We're watching this just a few minutes into the show for the first time, and I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling emotional, and I don't even know anything about this show. What, what is going on? It is a, it is a powerful song. Very, very good. That is, uh, gosh, I hope I pronounced this right. Is it Juna? Or J- <laughs> there's two N's in that. J U N N A, and. Jenna, yeah. Uni to Shinju. Jenna? Gosh, I'm so bad. (laughs) Hooray for pronunciation. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, but it's a really 
good song. Let me or what the title that is. Um, the Japanese title is Umi to Shinju, which roughly translates to The Sea and Pearl. Very fitting. Yeah. Well, Indeed. Yes. Very, very fitting for very Fena. Yeah, I gotta say the thing that really stuck out to me with the opening is just like how like amazing the visuals are. And like mm. before we started recording, I was even looking into it and seeing like who worked on the opening and like one of the studios that they hired to do it was like Studio Bamboo, which has worked on like a lot of like really awesome stuff in the past, like Ancient Magus's Bride, Bakimonogatari. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. it, it just kind of makes sense that it, like it looks mm-hmm. that good then. It's yes. very atmospheric. It oh it definitely is. It's great. It's it's really good. Uh, the single I found it on iTunes, but it's only the TV version, which bummer. <laughs> As of now, the full version of "The Sea and a Pearl" by Juna is available on iTunes. Because I know the long version already exists. Because I've heard it, but alas, we I, cannot I, buy it in the U.S. yet. I think it's on Spotify. Oh well, there you go. If the if the long version's on Spotify, that's points to Spotify, where you can also listen to this podcast. In in case you weren't listening to it on Spotify and wanted to, <laughs> there are many options available. Yes, many many options for the Tsunami Faithful podcast. And we're these... not in the house cleaning yet. Benicast. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, definitely getting ahead of myself there, huh? <laughs> I guess we'll get the rundown of the first two episodes that we watched. Episode one was titled Memories, and episode two was titled An Inherited Journey. The first one was directed by Tetsuya Takahashi, and the second by Tomomi Takuchi. As we start out, we see a flashback to ten years ago where Fena Hotman washed ashore on a colonized island after her family's ship was attacked in the night and a boy named Yukimura Yukimaru. helped her escape before her father gave his final words to her. You must go to Eden. In the present day, Fena is about to uh, start working as a prostitute, I guess. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what she's been doing up to this point, but this seems to be her first night on the job, and she was won in a lottery by some terrible, terrible guy who yeah. apparently has a lot of money. <laughs> and she's... Apparently she's done this several times where she and her friend Anji are uh, kind of kicking around ideas for how she might escape. And Angie's always like, none of these ideas are going to work. <laughs> and Fena admits that pretty much nothing works unless you have money. <laughs> Which, uh, too real, too real. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, definitely too real. But her drawings, right? They're, uh, they're very reminiscent of Rukia. Oh my they are gosh. the best of drawings. <laughs> The, the, the artist, the, in, the artist We just, we just have, we, we want to appreciate her in her lifetime, but it's, it's coming, man. Just you wait. <laughs> Don't forget Brule. Well, yes, Brule is also on the bed. That is the name of the dog, who is apparently voiced by Mike Sinter Nicholas. He allegedly 
is always told to voice the dogs for NYAB Post, and Stephanie Shea always voiced the cats. So that's some fun trivia for you. That is fun. Yeah. I mean, Brule's automatically best boy, so... He he yes. is automatically best boy. Yes. Good good loyal dog. You gotta love that. Good, good loyal dog. He's lovely and cute. And his name is Brule. And I, I really... I mean, it's probably not, but it's this is a co-production with Adult Swim. I mean, it'd be pretty funny if it was inspired by Dr. Steve Brule. Hi, I'm Captain Steve Brule. And today's show, check it out, is going to be about everything that I know very much about. It's called Broats. Dr. Steve Brule crossover with Fenno when? And therefore, he will now be referred to as Dr. Steve Brule. Thank you. Or maybe Dr. Mike Brule would be more appropriate since it's Mike voicing him. But yeah, Mike does a lot of panting and cute noises. Good good job. And it was his birthday recently. So happy birthday, Mike Sinter Nicholas. Big fan. Big fan. So Fenna's pretty sure that her plan's going to work. She's going to steal from this guy after he's passed out from this super-powered aphrodisiac that she got from... Some lady referred to as a witch. She has no idea if it's going to work, but she's hedging her bets on it. But her plan doesn't pan out because this gentleman has requested the very top of the tower for his uh, fun time. So she's not going to be on the second floor where she thought she would be able to escape. And because of that... When she's walking up the steps further, she starts faking an illness and trying to come up with any number of excuses, but her manager won't be hearing it. Thankfully, before things get too nasty, she is saved by an older gentleman bursting through the window and knocking out the guard who was about to attack her. And Otto. take it's a like moment here. Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, let's take a moment to, uh, oof, that guy, like, he, he fell down the stairs, broke the banister, and then keep falling. Uh, he might be dead. The anime might be. <laughs> yes, that was a long fall. So, yes, this is where Otto and Solomon show up. Uh, they are old friends of Fenna's father. She knew them when she was a child, but doesn't immediately recognize them. Probably because time has not been kind. <laughs> they got old. Like me. They got really old. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be 10 years. We don't know when she's flashing back to remembering what they look like. We don't know if that was exactly 10 years ago, but if it was, jeez. <laughs> that was a top 10 years. We don't know what they've been through. Uh, frankly, we don't know what a lot of them have been through. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, they they decide to uh, Springer. So they try to help her escape the island, but they're not so good at it. <laughs> they're like mixing up which direction they're going. They're messing up with their map. Uh, they're getting attacked by guards and kind of foiling them, kind of not. It's and, like getting rescued by Team Rocket. Or Zorro. Uh, or Zoro. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Otto isn't voiced by Zoro, he's voiced by Sanji. 
not not that he doesn't get lost sometimes when he's you know in the moment of love or whatever but <laughs> yes Otto and Salman split up uh Otto running off with Fena as Salman tries to take on some of these guards not so successfully but luckily for them there are others helping out from the shadows not really sure what their deal is yet but they're helping so that's nice uh, eventually they get to the forest and Otto is kind of pooped and some real bad dudes catch up to them and start threatening Fena and start talking about how you know we're just supposed to kill her we could do all kinds of other things and then let the sharks deal with it like oh 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 boy <laughs> Oh, it's those types of people. Uh, I mean, there's that whole scene in the bar earlier where Otto, bless his heart, didn't punch the shit out of that guy. <laughs> yes, uh, he, uh, he he was definitely getting mad, and rightfully so, when they are talking as they did about Finna. So these guys need to be quickly dispatched, and thankfully they are by a mysterious swordsman who Fen is pretty sure might be the little boy from her past, Yukimura. I'm, I'm not quite sure why she Yukimaru. jumped to that. Yukimaru. <laughs> it is Yukimaru. Oh my gosh, this is going to be bad. Okay. <laughs> you get a quarter every time Sketch says it wrong. Put it <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yukimaru. The the boy from her childhood, though she's basing that basically on the look of his eyes. Sure, why not? Uh, he he does save her, and then she starts chatting up a storm, trying to figure out if it's who she thinks it is, and also throws all of the men on that island under the bus, because <laughs> apparently there isn't a decent guy in sight. Not too surprising, considering the island. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. You, 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 <laughs> how do I talk about this? Uh, Yukimaru's got was, no patience. Yeah. Well, yeah. so uh, pir piratey stuff in general, uh, that culture is super um, rapey. Yeah, yeah. So that's not unusual. I saw, and, I, and I saw a comment online that's like, that show seemed kind of rapey. It's like, you think? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, were at a I brothel. Mean, yeah, and 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 I think that they're, they, interestingly enough, how they tried to play it down because she's just super upbeat and spunky despite what seems like a really grim situation. And it's to her her benefit of her character, sure, but it's like it, it, it is a it's a strange situation to walk into and still maintain the comic relief, you know, considering it is a little rapey and you know, mm. yeah. non consensual, sexy. <laughs> but what you I know was what I mean? actually talking about was uh, uh, the tendency Domestic to abuse. Yeah, to keep bonking Fena on the head. Mm. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, so Yukimaru just 
wants her to stop talking and apparently decides that the quickest way to do that is to just bonk her on the head. And this won't be the last time. And we actually flash back to moments of her childhood where he bonked her on the head when they were kids. So that's cute, right? It is cute. Yeah. I take it as a character flaw on his part more than anything. He's, he's just, he has a hard time communicating, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, but, the other awesome ninja people don't seem to have his problem. No, thankfully. Uh, the the other... Are, are they ninja? Are they samurai? I don't know. Ninja, I, I, samurai, act, pirate people. They, they act more like ninja, but they seem kind of samurai, too. I... I mm. Ninja Samurai, sense. ninja pirates. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I think Yukimar is a little sunere. He's a little sunere. That's why he's walking oh, around uh, the head. Uh, so it's his version of the pocket hammer. Uh, he definitely like, comes off as like a very stereotypical like shoujo male love interest character. Yes. Yes, he does. Perhaps to a fault, but I mean, we've only seen two episodes. Let's let's give him some time to grow, I guess. Yeah, he, he might be good. But right now, he doesn't really have much of a personality besides bonking, I guess. Mm. I am the good guy. I hit people on the head when they talk too much. That's that's my personality, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be just a little bit fair, she was being a motor mouth. <laughs> and she keeps on being a motor mouth, which is part of her quirk and it's 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 fun she's a talker it's it's fine it's fine so fena after getting bonked passes out and the uh other warriors in the shadows are like who even does that <laughs> should should is it okay eh, we, we we wanted to you know tie up loose ends it's fine <laughs> So, on to That's, episode two. It's honestly funnier when you look at what happens in episode two, the way they react to that. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, Fenna wakes up on a broat with Brule, and Otto and Salmon. Apparently, Brule snuck out in the previous episode around the time that uh, they were interrogating Angie about Fenna's whereabouts. Also, a quick moment on that. Yeah, that total scumbag tried to throw a bottle at Angie and some white knight, literally, <laughs> stopped him and said, don't do that again. And you, Cody, offer her some tea. Not, not really sure what that guy's deal is, but he did look rather intently at Fena's drawing. Could, could be something up with that guy. Yep. So... Uh, Fena, Otto, and Salmon end up on Goblin Island, which is an island that just kind of appears out of nowhere, which is the home of a small Japanese community led by Sanada Yukihisa, that is the name of the old master, who swore to protect the Houtman family after they were rescued from being shipwrecked. And that was ages ago, but the family has uh, sworn loyalty to the Houtman family ever since. And Sonata hands Fena a small clear stone and asks her if she knows anything about it. 
and she has no clue what this thing is, and neither does the audience. Is but it a stone? I thought it was glass. It's a stone glass thing. It's a, they call it a rectangular thing, yeah. See, secretly, it's it's an Android phone. They just don't know it yet. I, I know, right? Oh, somebody said it looked like an Android phone case. It might have been Celia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Celia, by the way, was uh, nerding out. Uh, she called the Yukimura Sonata Connection reference in after watching the most recent trailer, so it was nerdy satisfaction for her. Hopefully we'll have her on a future episode. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're playing a little fast and loose with, um, you know, history here, but that is to be expected. I suppose the, the director made it clear he wanted to, you know, not get too bogged down in history and wanted to up the fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, an important point to reiterate because I saw some stuff on Twitter where people are like, we're like trying to logic the history, like how are the Japanese and the British and where is this taking place? Blah, blah, blah. And guys, it's a freaking anime. It's supposed to be fantasy. Just relax. It's not historical fiction. Okay. It's all in good fun. Stop trying to logic it. Just let it happen and enjoy it. Mm. Think of it as alternative Earth or something. Whatever makes it easier for you, but <laughs> let it happen. Let the I mean, if we happen. can have Eureka 7, we can have this. Yeah. If we can have Samurai Champloo, we can have this. Oh, gosh, exactly. that's an even better point. Yeah. Which, yes, of course, the director did work on. <laughs> so there you go. And you can see it in the oh. character design. <laughs> you can definitely see it in the character design. In a good 100%. way. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely in a good way. So this stone is something that was left with Yukimaru. And uh, Fena's father told him to protect it with his life. And now Fena has it. And she's not really sure what to do with it. But Yukihisa is certain that Fena is the key to figuring out this mystery. And charges her with... Figuring it out. It was like, well, do you know something? No. Do you know something yet? No. Here's your quest. How about now? Go quest. <laughs> Go forth and quest. Go forth and quest, yes. But first we get a nice tour of the island where we get to interact with the various characters and meet them and see some of their quirks, which is a lot of fun. It's it's the best part for me that was the most fun meeting the other characters 100 percent agreed oh and shitan is a tasty morsel mm, i'll i'll take me a piece of that archery lesson please mm. you were all thinking it too don't be all silent everyone he's was handsome. thinking it here <laughs> he's very handsome agreed i'm not gonna lie yes he is he's dreamy Mm -hmm. So our, our updated Husbando episode is going to have to include him. <laughs> perhaps. I don't even perhaps. know him and he's my Husbando. <laughs> I know all I need to know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So racking her brain, Fena decides to like, chill out, enjoying the evening, and uh, that's where after... Basically dodging her for the entire day, she finally bumps into 
Yukimaru, who asks her about the stone, and she's like, I, I don't know about the stone. And he's like, hey, you need to grow up. Your father risked his life for this. Don't you think that's important? I'm like, I'm like chill out, man. She, <laughs> this is a lot to take in. And it's she doesn't remember things, things from 10 years ago. No. That's a, it's like a lifetime ago, <laughs> especially for a young girl. So he uh, bonks her again. This is fantastic. And leaves a little sword with her, which Karin made. Karin is a blacksmith who is also very adept with technology. Makes a lot of spring-based things. Very, very cool. I think that that voice actress, it might be one uh, a breakout role for her. Am I am I correct in saying that? I saw something on Twitter about that. I think the only anime she's been in before was a minor role in the first episode of Kimono Jihen. Anjali Kunapaneni, and and I hope I said her name right. I'm glad you tried. Anjali Kunapaneni. Yeah, Kuro got it right. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's good. She's you know she's working the levels of that character. The she's one of the characters without. And yes, yes, she definitely did. And now that she's thought about it a little bit more, Feta takes that knife that was left behind and chops off her hair off screen. Now that's interesting because they usually do that on screen, but technically the opening has a shedding hair moment. So maybe that's what they considered good enough in that regard. Uh, Then she goes to see Yukihisa again. And says that she remembers one thing from that time ago, which she, you know, she's tried to forget that day ever since, understandably so. But she remembers that her father told her to go to Eden. And Yukihisa's not quite sure what to make of that, but is quite sure that the stone did not originate on the island that they are on currently. So she's going to have to go find out more about it. And he offers her all of these ninja samurai folk as her crew and a ship to go sail off and figure it out. You might say they're east of Eden. God, that's bad. Why would you do that? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Now I'm just thinking of Eden of the East. Right? (laughs) That was that was a fun show, though. It is a fun show. But will will it be the Eden of the East, or will it be the Eden of the West, or the Eden of the North, or the Eden of the South? Who know, Who knows? Who knows where Eden is? Or what <clears throat> Eden is? Ah, uh, I think it's probably a place. Well, sure. What kind <laughs> of a place? Uh, a land flowing with milk and honey. Ah, the biblical answer, smart. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> probably. That's supposed to be Israel. Well, it's not Shangri-La, because apparently that is the name of the island that Fena was on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's somebody's version of Shangri-La, I guess. Yeah. 
had a bit of a thriller barky kind of feel with minus the the zombies but it had this sort of mysterious creepy aura about it and then and then all of a sudden you find this settled japanese village and i was like what (laughs) what is this Hmm. (laughs) this mysterious bit like this this island in the fog is is a happily settled by a hidden hidden japanese society okay honestly reminded me a lot of uh the skies of arcadia pirate bases hashtag old man reference oh that about takes care of the details of the first two episodes any standout moments y'all want to talk about? I liked the um, introduction of the other characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Karen seems like she's going to be... Intri- I-, I feel like it was a good setup for a character. Like, we're going we're gonna to like seeing them develop. You know, they gave us a hint. The twins are, are quirky. And you have Shitan the Archer and Karen, who's you know, sort of a, 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 a the, the straight-faced character and everything. And Yukimoto, he does, even though he seems at the moment to fill in that typical shoujo male love interest, like, at the same time, like, Fena, she, she doesn't seem, like, she'll look at him dreamily, but it's clear that's not her focus because then she goes into her little chatterbox and she's sort of in her own la la land world in her head and i like that about her she's adorable she's so spunky and she's she's just really lively as a character and vibrant and um i thought it was cute that she cut her hair off even though she was so pretty with the long hair it was really cute you know she's i'm hoping she gets a new outfit to go with her new short hair um because i don't think that the dress goes with the hair. No, <laughs> but that's no. Just my um, I I think uh, I th- I think it did a good job of introduction. There's no way they could have given. The, it's a good thing they did the two episodes because there's no way they could have had a story set up like this in one episode um, t- to bring in you know fans. Like the two the two episodes set up gave us just enough information to say okay. So here's here's a semblance of a story. There's more to come. Here's some characters that we want to see more from. Um, here's some great music. Here's some very talented voice acting. It's just it's giving you a taste. I can see why people were so excited when they did the reviews because it it's a good taste. It's a good morsel. I'll take more, please. Mm. Yeah. So like the first two episodes didn't like blow me away or anything, but like it was pretty consistent and i really like the animation and there's a lot of potential in the story so like even though i'm not completely sold at this point it's done enough for me to keep with it which is a good sign hmm. i also really liked Karin. i liked the the here i'm gonna show you around the village uh, and then fed is just like nah i'm gonna go find my own way around the village <laughs> so rude uh, <laughs> I, 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 well, I, you know, it, it's rude, but honestly, I didn't take it as intentionally rude. I, I, I took it as a, a sign of Feta's personality being just really curious about everything around her and kind of not paying as much attention as maybe she should. But I, what I really like is all of these characters have good points and bad points. Nobody, even Feta's not just, I am perfect. 
they're all interesting. You've got strengths, you've got flaws, and I can see character arcs forming, and that makes me excited because I love it when characters go grow and change and go through their own thing. And I also like it when the story's driven by those characters, and I can tell that that's going to be the case here. That's right. Character character driven stories are your thing. I remember they that. Absolutely, my. Wait, friend. wait, wait, wait. What what's not perfect about Sheetan? Every. Things where, perfect. Where's where where is his flaw? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, to me. you know, Shitan's. No, I, I can't see any flaws in Shitan. But what I about Makaba? He's such a good boy. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, flaws are being too hot and too good of a boy. Well, by <laughs> good boy, do you mean a mountain of a man? Yes, a mountain <laughs> of a boy. Mountain Absolute a unit. Well, I'm honestly don't know enough about either of them, but they're cool. But they're all cool in their own little way. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We we don't really know what other kind of we don't we get honestly, the most from Karin and the twins and Yukimura. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do hope we see more of, of Solomon and Otto because they were freaking hilarious. Drink, I, I said it wrong again. <laughs> Aha! I didn't catch you that time. Yeah. Take a quarter, or if you're over 21, take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) To the fridge. But yeah, no, I I love the characters, and I can see growth in them. I can see changes coming. I'm excited. Okay, this is probably Twitter's fault, but the Enju Kaede twin vibe gave me this flashback to Oran High School Host Club. And oh, I'm annoyed because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to always jump to that twin, that that, that set of twins, but it made me think of that twi- set of twins. But I don't know enough about them to say that, but they're they're cute. They're like fawning over Fena, and then they're both like playing off of each other. And, and I think from the character design, I saw one wields like a bow or a spear. And then, and then the... Um, the other one wields a sword so which is really cool another element to like the whole samurai uh ninja thing they each have a different weapon they specialize in so i'm actually thinking if you're taking that much time to give them designs with these weapons then that means we're in for some action sequences where they get to show off the skills with those weapons and you know how I love action sequences, guys. So I'm ready. I'm ready for some fight scenes. I hope Fena gets to learn to fight a little bit. Homegirl needs to learn to defend herself. She can't keep yeah. getting rescued. And we were, she was she, trying to learn that bow, so maybe she'll become a Kagome. Hey. Yeah. yeah, maybe. And she also has that sword now. So, yeah, I do hope so. It seems like in the next episode, she's basically needs to be defended because she still doesn't know much about anything but hopefully she will uh be able to defend herself soon and if not well i honestly i can't imagine brule attacking it but he's such a good boy he's a good boy we just need we just need super saiyan brule he'll be the best warrior on the planet super saiyan brule brule just takes out a shotgun I'm imagining um, Undertale dog fighting now. He's so fluffy. I just want to put my face in his big fluffy neck. I love it. Oh, I, mean, I can't argue with that. I, I love me some good old doggos. I love that the dog is white and she's 
all in white and there's this sort of parallel between her and her pet. You know, I thought that was a really cute uh, visual um, trick, you know, pairing them together, her and the dog, and they look alike. So that mm. was adorable. They really put a lot of, I noticed the, the animation has a lot of small details like that where they play on color and imagery and and to set to set mood and just general setting because I went back and I watched the two episodes again and I, I like the whole at the beginning, the rose red, snow white imagery between her and, and the other the other woman, I can't remember her name. And then Andre. you know the yeah, and then the 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 crew, um, the, the 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 ninja samurai crew. You know, there's a, a level of detail to each of their costuming and their weapons. It looks like I can tell looking at them that there's some functionality that we hasn't been revealed to us yet from their costuming and there's just there's just a lot of detail and if you did happen to record it or you have the adult swim app go back and rewatch, and you might pick some things up if not from the plot itself then certainly from you know visual stuff i think that's a watanabe thing to be honest he he's he's pretty good at doing things like that i always find new stuff when i rewatch his shows but to be clear, Watanabe is not involved in this. That's sorry. I, I misspoke. My bad. <laughs> My bad. It's, all, it's all right. It's all right. But he is a producer on Blade Runner Black Lotus, which thing is I'm looking somewhere. forward to. Yes. I meant the actual director for the show. But you know what I meant. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what happens yeah. when Kuro doesn't sleep and doesn't drink. They, they all have color coordination. You got the red one. You got the blue one. Karin's got purple. The twins have kind of brownish yellow, and their older brother hat. I think it's green. It's a really dark green. But well, they're I think just it's... Power Rangers, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> they're just a Sentai team. Absolutely. So uh, let's let's talk about. Goku Sentai, Fender Ranger. Kaizoku Sentai. There you go. I think we have some talkbacks. We 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 do, but I I want to. I got I got a dog on uh, Yukimaru for a moment here. Like what what happened to that boy in ten years? We gotta know, because he seemed pretty. I mean, we barely see him when he was a kid, but he seemed pretty. You know, chill. Like. The weight of his responsibility seems to be like literally crushing the guy, which I mean, I feel a little, little something for him there, but I, he's very, very broody. How, how does he reunite with this girl for the first time in 10 years and just not even want to spend time with her? It's, it's kind of baffling, but I because that's in the script like, sketch. I, yeah, I guess script. so. <laughs> honestly as good as it is to just get out on the adventure in the first two episodes i feel like we're really missing like a whole episode at least worth of backstory what, yeah what maybe we'll get it along the way but i think it would have been good to kind of see like how how did finna get from washed up on the shore to however long and then She's about to become a prostitute. 
you would figure that maybe she was in like an orphanage for a while and then they probably started grooming her for the job there's and, a lot of missing background pieces yeah there's there's a ton there's a ton missing here that's we, actually why I assume we're gonna get character growth because they have to go into that. You can't just ignore that. I, I mean, I guess you. Could. Yeah, I mean, you could. I really hope that they don't. So, it likewise, big misstep. <laughs> what what happened to Yukimaru after the attack on the boat? I like, where did he just go home? Is what 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 happened? That Based I would on like his personality. To know. I gotta assume nothing good happened. <laughs> Yeah, I I get the feeling he's been through some stuff, which probably hardened that heart of his. Hopefully, hopefully Fennec can wake it up or or don't. I don't even care because Sheeton's right there. Oh, no. <laughs> he's so yummy. Oh he's God. right there, and that scene where they're doing the bow and arrow thing, I'm like, ah, oh. uh, uh, like, she's. So unfazed by it, I'm like, homegirl, look around you. It's okay to swoon. <laughs> it's, it's okay. They're swooning for you sometimes. It's okay. Yeah. It's she, I totally have a little anime crush on her. She's she's adorable. She's she's cute. She's super cute. So I hope that they do go into that because I really would like to know. Like, what is what is the pipeline here? Do we do we go from orphanage to whore? Is is it the orphanage? That's a black dynamite reference, and I had to make it. <laughs> there, I have my whores and my orphans at the same place. There's a there's this. This is the problem with having twelve episode series is because you're just never sure if that's enough time to tell a story. And I don't know, I mean, it's so early to say, but I always get worried about 12 episodes just not being enough time. Because this, it seems like this is a setup for a very rich world. And I can't help but wonder, especially with all these characters, how are you going to fit in a storyline and character growth into 12 episodes? That's a very good question. Uh I would have watched 24, just so you know, whoever's listening, I would watch 24 episodes. I absolutely would watch 24 episodes of this. Mm -hmm. Jason did say Nakaza was interested in doing more, so who knows? We could be getting a season two after this. I they When they first promoted it, they said season one premieres. I'm like, oh, all right, maybe. But yeah, I, I, I definitely don't think that's in the pipeline yet, so we'll we'll see about that. But yeah, I, I just feel like even though a decent amount of stuff happened in these first two episodes, particularly the first episode, spent a lot of time just screwing around in town as they were trying to escape. I was like, you, you definitely could have condensed that and broadened some of these other aspects. And I think that would have been a better way to do it. But I did enjoy the slapstick and, uh, you know. The old guys are certainly amusing to an extent, <laughs> so gotta gotta appreciate the them in that regard. But yeah, I just when rewatching the first episode, I just kept thinking to myself they maybe misused their time a little bit. But yeah, like maybe use yeah. that time instead for like more character writing. Maybe actually explain the whole orphanage situation. 
Yeah. Because she's obviously had to be doing something up to this point. But yeah. I mean, there's lots of hinting about it, so absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that bothers me is if, if we never go back to this first Shangri-La Island, it, it seems like there's plenty of story that could be told here. Mm-hmm. And I saw some people commenting, like, it's great that Fena got out, but what about everybody else? What about the other women that are being forced to work as prostitutes? Yeah, that's that's a tough pill to swallow, you think about it. Yeah. There are definitely some topics that were presented in this, particularly in the first episode, that almost seem a little too much for the overall light tone that they're going for. But I, I don't think they did a terrible job with that. It's a little clumsy, but they just showed the realities of what women would go through in that situation, which is a reasonable thing to include in the story. One could argue whether or not they needed Fena to be put into that lifestyle. There's certainly other options, but it was a choice, and we'll see if what comes of it. At the very least, it seems like the guy who she skipped out on has perhaps uh, used his vast wealth to hire some people to track her down. Yeah, why bother? I don't understand. Like, okay, she ran away. You went after her. You lost, you know, He's get very insulted. Maybe he wanted access to to the information she has. I don't think he's that smart. I'm I'm willing to think that the blonde guy might want That's more what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely also in the very first scene when we had the flashback, there was some woman pirate that we also see in the opening sequence along with some of the other female pirates that we see that are uh, attacking Fena in the preview for the next episode. So there might be something there. Not sure what, but there's probably a connection. I mean, obviously, somebody went after Franz for what he was trying to do. So there's got to be something to it. And now I want to talk about that voice actor connection that I really appreciate because Franz is voiced by Mike Cinder Nicholas, who is also Brule, which, by the way, makes me think that that one scene where she wakes up in the second episode and is like, Father? And it's Brule in, in her face is like, maybe the dog is the reincarnation of her father. Ooh. Big, big brain moment. The ultimate yeah, isekai story. Maybe not. <laughs> That time I got reincarnated as my daughter's dog. Uh, <laughs> that, that's 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 just the shaggy dog, man. <laughs> just the Tim Allen movie. But uh, the the other voice actor connection I appreciate. So Franz is voiced by Mike Citra Nicholas. Yugi Hisa is voiced by Scotty Ray, who was the Shredder in the 2003 Ninja Turtles, and Mike was of course Leonardo. So I love that. Though part of me, knowing that this is NYAV Post and they have definitely gone to the efforts to appropriately cast people in the right ethnicity, in some cases, 
I'm kind of surprised they didn't get an Asian actor for Yukihisa. It it's a little off-putting, honestly. the The voice doesn't quite work for me, even though it's nice to hear Scotty Ray again. But nah, that's a nitpick, I suppose. Maybe it'll grow on you. Possible. I mean, if if he even shows up much more often. So I'm going to go ahead and load up Twitter and read off some of them talkbacks. Let's see here. At King Windsor one writes simply amazing pirates with people from Japan. Samurais simply amazing. You cannot go wrong with this amazing anime. Red the Hawk writes in, I really enjoyed it. The animation was fantastic and the dub was very good. Very interested to see where the story goes. At Death Damn PR, the animation was pretty gorgeous and Fenna's personality is just so lovable. Solid first two episodes. Oh, this is a thoughtful comment. Fireheart47 writes, While a tad quick on the exposition setup, it's a gorgeous looking new show. And the cast is very entertaining. I'm excited to see where they take this new show. Let's see if I can say this correctly. At Nagatun Naruto 66, it was great for the first two, and I'm already hooked. Can't wait for next Saturday. At Don't Senpai, that's with a Z, animation came out fresh. The voices sounded awesome, like newborn baby birds. Finally, the OST, they speak for themselves. Can't wait for more next week. And at Marshmallow DJ, I really wasn't prepared for how funny this series would be, and it really caught me off guard in a good way. The trailers were so serious, so the humor was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I agree. Toonami's trailers were pretty serious. Those are some solid talkbacks. Good comments, I think. Great. Yeah. At Nick78 on says, I think it's going to be one of those shows that will be talked about for years. I definitely can see that. Hopefully. I hope you're right, Nick. I hope you're right. And Journeyman15 writes, Such a moving tale about setting one's legacy so far. And despite it being set with only 12 episodes so far, it's pacing itself to be quiet and swishing and bawling action and set with reminders of SAO and the Demon Slayer music. Well, there's a good reason that it reminds you of SAO. It's the same person doing the OST. Yuki Kaijira. And yes, she also did the OST for Demon Slayer. What about that um, closing song, too? That was... Uh, uh, Minori Suzuki? Yeah, Minori, yeah, Minori Suzuki, The Farthest Shore, or Salhate. Salhate. It was really pretty. It was funny when it came in at the end of the first episode where she's laying on the ground sleeping and they start the music and then it the camera moves up and you see the giant bump on her head. And I was, I was so distracted by the humor of the bump on her head, but I couldn't really appreciate the song. But then the second, the second episode, I was like, okay, no, this is a great song. <laughs> I could see that. And I did enjoy that ending as well. Yeah. All right. 
This, this was fun. I'm looking forward to more next week and the week after and the subsequent 10 weeks coming. Can't wait. Yep. It's a good show so far, and hopefully it only builds from here. Any final thoughts? No, I think I think we covered all the highlights. It's early on, so see what happens, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... Looking forward to more hilarity, action, and storytelling. Yeah, I echo Laser and Kuro on that. Looking forward to more. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And looking forward to talking about it again next time. And if you want to chime in on uh, your thoughts on Feta, then you can... Use the hashtag Toonami Talk Back after episodes air. And you can also email us at podcast at com. I didn't make a new email for this because we don't get that many emails in general. Just put <laughs> it in the subject line, Fena Pirate Princess. We'll know. Oh, that would be helpful. Yes, please. <laughs> please do that. <laughs> good, good idea, Kuro. Good idea. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Laser, where can they find you? I can find me on Twitter at uh, Laserkit Prime. You can also find me on the Dumb Weebs podcast and occasionally on the Demon Slayer podcast. And Vlord, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VlordGTZ. And then I write various things for all-comic.com as well as the Tommy Faithful website. So you can check out my writing over there. And then I do a bunch of podcasts besides this one, the Demon Slayer podcast at D-Slayer Podcast, Saturday Night Shoggy, at Saturday Night Shoggy, Oversoul Shaman King Podcast, at Shaman King Pod, and then uh, the Dumb Weebs Podcast, which I do with Laser, at Dumb Weebs Pod. All right. Kuro, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Happy Kuro Kitty. You can find me writing editorials for TsunamiFaithful.com. And you can find me hosting the Ladies of Toonami Takeovers coming soon and unexpectedly to your Toonami Faithful podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. So until next time, we're shoving off. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of whatever the hell I have in my fridge. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just have Angry Orchard in my fridge. (laughs) Good taste. Cool. But stay on your mother's toes. We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me because I'm sailing.